Hey guys, thanks for joining me at my fifth podcast at Nothing New Under the Sun. My name's Jonathan Wright, and today I'm going to be talking about anarchy and Christianity and natural law with my good friend and new podcaster, Michael Hershey. This is a great discussion for anybody who doesn't know really what anarchy is or that Christ was an anarchist or that natural law ties all of it together. Even if you do know those things, this is going to be a really interesting and good discussion. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you take something away from this, and I will see you on the other side. Um, I am joined today by Michael Hershey, and he is a, a podcaster and a reverend, actually, and he goes by the irreverend. So we will call him Michael the Irreverend. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Michael. How are you? I'm doing excellent, John. I hope you're doing well. Um, I am. Merry Christmas, by the way. I know it's the holiday season where we are now, and I totally just dated our video, but that's fine. No, uh, hey, that, yeah, we are yeah. to date these. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, happy yeah. New Year as well. I hope yeah, you, you too, one. my brother. You too. Yes, sir. Um, so cool. Well, um, I guess today we're going to discuss anarchy and Christianity and natural law and just kind of, I don't know, in an off-the-cuff discussion type of a format. I have a feeling that when people start uh, just just get into this, they will find that uh, the way our conversation is going to go is going to help them at least understand what anarchy is and why it's so important. And, and to understand that that word is a trigger because even people who I trust their opinion, for example, Tucker Carlson, I, I think he's, he's doing pretty good in the news, telling the truth. When, he, when you hear him talk about the, the rioting and the violence that happened throughout the, the year of 2020, he, he says, oh, that's just anarchy. And, and that's yeah. what everybody thinks anarchy is. And we need to get people to, I, I guess, maybe if we just call it voluntarism then, and people need to realize that that's what anarchy is. It's, it can also be called voluntarism. I guess that's sugarcoating it. And some people think that's weak. But if it, if it helps you get through to somebody, call it voluntarism. But we need to understand that it's not running around with clubs beating people because there's no rules. Okay, anarchy yeah. is very specifically, there are rules, and there's no rulers. That's and I, right. I briefly alluded to that in my last podcast, when I talked about Satanism, and I was describing the anar the uh, archons on the pyramid. And I explained that archons, uh, okay, are rulers and an archon, anarchy is simply without ruler not without rules. If there's no rules, it will be what we saw in 2020. And that's not anarchy. So yeah, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get into that and just kind of talk about oh, I, I, Christ was an anarchist. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think, uh, I don't think it's a cop out to call it voluntarism. Um, I think that's just a recognition of the fact that people don't speak Latin anymore. Mm -hmm. um, or at least they don't, they, they do it all the time. They just don't do it very well. Um, you know, I, I prefer anarchy because I like the aggressive stance it takes. Mm -hmm. But I've definitely noticed that when you pepper it in, either the person you're speaking to may think that you're some sort of commie, uh, which uh, I definitely aren't. Uh, so that's something to be avoided. But, you know, something that's nice about the term voluntarism is it's benign and most people don't even know what it means. So if, if you just say, you know, well, you know, I'm a voluntarist to try to get... By, and then you start describing your ideals, so many times they're going to be agreeing with you because, generally well, speaking, the concepts of freedom and anarchy speak to all political parties and races across the planet. It's really hard to find a person that's going to say, you know, 
uh, oh yeah, it's appropriate to steal from others. It's appropriate to to murder others. Now they may find a justification once you get into the technicals of it, <clears throat> and that's oftentimes what we fight is um, people's crystallized belief in these systems of authority, mm -hmm. um, these man-made systems of authority. Um, you know, and you kind of going back to what you were talking about about recognizing that there is rules and there there are rules and there is this creative force that governs this and if we're living inside this then we need to kind of be aware of what's going on and if we do then we kind of have this this freedom that is you know unmatched in in the world and you can see this when you have a conversation about politics with somebody and you're mm -hmm. talking about 2020 um i it was amazing how many people on both sides of the political party uh or yeah both sides of the field were very willing to uh, adopt or uh, profess some sort of principle that was really, really, really close to natural law or truth, and then like immediately just kind of void the bowels of principles all over the place and say, well, you know, the the people that were very pro Democrat were saying, well, these these riots are just these are just protests, and there's really nothing wrong here. Uh, we need to get rid of cops and yeah. Well, what they actually wanted to do was just hire new cops that yeah. had their little armbands on, you mm -hmm. know, and then they would have the power. And the other side that was saying, you know, we're the 3%, we're the not never, not in our country, we're America's finest, and we're going to stand up for freedom, and you, you can't stop us. They were the first people to say, send in the feds, send in the Gestapo, in essence, and, and violate my fellow American and fellow human. Um, but it, at least you could argue that Americans shouldn't be doing that against other Americans in their own principled mind, but it was amazing how often people are willing to take a stance and then when it comes to putting that thing in place and what that really means, you know, there's a lot of work with not having a government. Yeah. And a lot oh. of that work isn't just the roads being built. A lot of it is personal responsibility and personal work. It means you have to choose and change and anybody can pick up a shovel and build a road, but very few people can say, you know, I was wrong. And right. I think when you present these issues to people, that's the thing that screams loudest in their ear. Uh, yeah. That that they are screaming loudest in the ear, not you, but them, is when people are given the decision between something they already recognize as evil and what they're doing, and they're participating in that, and especially like voting. You know, the the choice yeah, between two evils is still a choice of evil. Um, I think people have bought into the idea that that the, because it's the government says so okay so this is going to kind of digress back we got to go to the bible here but because the government says so and they have made it legal or illegal that that's the morality it doesn't it's illegal we can't do that and and it's it's not illegal so you can do that and well so what you know the, who are these lawmakers right like why the hell do people just believe in that so much and and obviously not everybody comes from like a christian biblical standpoint but ultimately a majority of the people are going to say well you know, Romans 13 tells you in there, which is funny, this is a point of like, really, this is this is the unfettered word of God, like that the government, I mean, and I'm going to paraphrase hardcore here, but and, and even to the idea of <clears throat> how people preach about it, but it's preached that the government was put in by God, therefore you will obey the government because it's just how it is. So <laughs> really yeah, quickly, we can just say Joe Biden was put in by God. And so to follow what's happening right now. And that's just the most ridiculous, asinine crap that there is. And then so so stem that forward a little bit. Our government is asking us to 
voluntarily be immoral and, and to collectively do it. And so really what's happening in essence is the good people are saying, well, I want to vote for some people who will make my neighbor think like I think, behave like I want them to behave, because that's what government ultimately does. So you're, you think you're being moral by, by voting in a system, and you think you're being good and following the Bible or whatever, just by, by voting and having this thing that ultimately will go tell that guy what to do, take him away and put him somewhere. And you're yeah. like, well, that's okay, because he doesn't think like me. So, <laughs> and it's like, dude, what the, that's, we're, we're broken when we think like that. And it's a satanic ideology. I, yeah. I covered that in my Satanism video too. So I, I, that's kind of why we're going here to, to see how, and it will be very difficult to walk away, walk back from government, and it's going to happen in parts. But we have to take what you said, Michael, personal responsibility for everything in life, including our actions, yeah. which are the most important thing. Yeah, no matter what, it's your fault. Just, just start there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you didn't do that thing over there. But just don't worry about that. Just focus on that being your own message to yourself. And then you can start taking proper steps. And, you know... Um, there's also part of that is give give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, if mm -hmm. Caesar is giving you fake and false and you know charlatanism, uh, this this false dichotomy of left and right, well, you know, reject it back. Um, that's I think that's kind of what that statement is trying to say is this yeah. is a joke. This coin is a joke. This is not what's valuable. And you know, I would I would also posit that perhaps uh, Joe Biden is the president we deserve is this yeah. country mm -hmm. um because if, if if nothing is a greater mirror of people's f absolute apathy and stupidity and willingness to just kind of be a disappointment and accept that uh well look look no further than the white house um yep and that's was... that's our leadership that's what you're exactly right that's what we get because that's what well, we are ultimately we are a fat slovenly weak for. satanic nation <laughs> and that's that's who our leadership is demented and out of his mind because truly we're crazy and i think it's perfectly fitting we have lost our minds in this country and that's why joe biden as a dementia patient is a tr is a perfect representation it's like they're laughing at us yeah but they're really showing us it's a mirror dude but they're it's a mirror yeah well and they're gonna give to caesar what is caesar's in this situation too they're gonna give us exactly what what is for us you know i mean it's appalling that I mean, I, I, I can't think of a, a specific moment because there's too many uh, of Joe Biden statements. It's like, that's that's kind of not good. Could anybody note to me what, what's going on? And the on little here? black kids and, come up and rub up and down my leg. They rub their hairs and my hairs stand up on my leg and they, they rub up and down my legs. The little kids rub my legs. That one? Yeah. It's, uh, well, there's there's that. I mean, there's the huh. there was one last week where someone said, uh, uh, let's go, or let's go, Brandon. And he's like, yes. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. agree with that statement. And and it's like, you know, any other president, I might be like, all right, he played it off pretty well. But this guy, I don't think he actually knows what's no. going on because his no, wife's sitting beside him and she's making a face like, oh, God, he doesn't know what that means. And uh, it's just I, I'm, I'm appalled that the common person that I see isn't like this is a problem. Mm -hmm. And I live in Texas where there's a shitload of people that are like, this is a this is a problem, you know, um, so I think that's a real clear indication to where people's uh, hearts are, you know, because yep. uh, um, one thing, you know, the there is the Trinity within us as well. You know, there's our thoughts, 
our emotions, our compass, our compassion. And when those two things are in unification and based in truth, they beget right action born into the world. The thing that is most necessary to bring this to yourself, to the world and others. And I think when, you know, people are always going to be willing to entertain uh, intellectual ideas, you know, that's, it's, it's fun to talk about conspiracies and stuff. It's, oh man, did you know? And people are always going to be grabbed by their heartstrings in some form or another. Um, but when it comes to unifying those and having those be honest, you know, approaches internally and externally, and then taking that and putting it into the world, that's where most people lack. And that's where most people are terrified. And I think when you or I or anybody brings some of these concepts to the general people, that's the thing that screams loudest is I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And that means I'm a shit person, evil person. I'm a worthless person. And people yeah. while are, are loath to say that of themselves. And so that can't be true. That can't possibly be true. I've got a, I've got a couple kids and I mean, I'm, I'm nice. I do these things. I got this list and I've checked all the boxes on it. So uh, that can't be true. But I think that's, you know, that's the fight that is most important for us as teachers and spreaders of truth to the community is inspiring action out of people. Um, that's what that's what happened to me. That's why I'm here doing this. Like I said, it and that that really my 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 action inspiration I will give to Mark Passio. You know, like mm. as far as like he taught me a lot too, and and he's he's you know been a been a big uh, uh, addition to like me being able to get out and do this uh, in the, in the sense of teaching in natural law and the computer class and and the inspiration in that literally you know and. I, it's just because I took it that way, but he was calling people trash for not for, for knowing enough Absolutely. to teach and not doing it. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? You're you're worthless if you're if you know anything about this. And yeah. then I was like, well, I can't use computers. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anything about that. So I, I literally made up some little flyers and I handed out 800 of them in mailboxes. I, I just went around at night and early in the morning so nobody would think it's weird because I know you're not supposed to do that, but I really don't care. So I was just mailboxing all these flyers that were like talked about the GMO. And this was before the vac vaccine even came out. And I had three factual things already that we already knew about the vaccine on there. And if you look at that paper today, it's like, damn, it's like it's like it was printed today first. Yeah. And I'm just like, so I did that. And then I was like listening to one of his podcasts and he started just going to town about how how Luddite we all are. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that we know nothing about technology. And I, it finally got through to me that I was, I felt bad about knowing nothing about computers. And he started just kind of talking about it on one of his podcasts. And I'm like, all right, I can take some notes and learn a little bit. And then I, I finally just got inspired to have someone build a website for me. And mm -hmm. then I was like, I can just make some crap videos and throw them up. Yes, you know, it's just, I'll start. And literally after I decided that is when I got an email about uh, how to be the true media. I didn't know anything about nice. him having a class or anything. I was already in like, all right, I'm just going to fail and it's going to be hard and terrible. Let's do yeah. it. And then that class, I get the email and I'm like, oh shit, you got to be kidding me. So I look up, I'm like, dude, this is like, wow, this is like, uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I took the class and here we are. But yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, I have to say that that's the exact same story for me as, as I heard that, you know, what, what gives you, what makes you think you have the right to not tell others about this. And yeah. for myself, I had been talking about it for years and so I've got a close group of friends and we'd already kind of had like a plan or, you know, it was very boots on the ground kind of, you know, thinking. And I, I realized that 
you know, I have a, I have, I can speak this to, message to other people, and I, I should speak that, and you know, I've never had to really use computers, and so it was just kind of a, I didn't even think of it as a possibility or something I would be doing. Right. Um, and I kind of mentioned that I wanted to do a podcast, and uh, a family member gave me. Uh, basically everything I would need. He gave me a mic, a stand, cords, a very nice mic, uh, some some other equipment to get me all set up and recording. And the next day, another family member came over. I showed him this. And he was like, oh, well, here, Merry Christmas. And he gave me the access to the Adobe Cloud. And, and so I'm sitting there, and I realized, like, man, I will be an absolute failure if I can't manage to make something out of like all, all of the creative equipment I could possibly need. Like everything is here in my hands to do this, you yeah. know? And uh, so I started to kind of piece that together. And um, that's when I found out about the true media, basically it was right after that. And so it's like, all right, uh, this is kind of, you know, yeah. And, and it's not, for, it's not for everybody, but I feel just talking yeah. to you, the little bit that we talked in our after classes and that I've met you in the past six months. And, and now, um, I feel it's safe to say you're a talker. You would be oh, totally. considered loquacious. See, that was yes. my nickname in high school. Like we, that was a spelling nice. word, right. And at one point and like three people in the class were just like loquacious and then you were reading it and they just point at me and they're like, that's you. And so anyway, uh, but yeah, and that's what makes this fun, too, is because we both like to talk and we're both intelligent. Absolutely. We're both speaking truth. It's good. Well, stuff. It's more fun than busting knuckles all day. You know, yeah. I like I like working and stuff, but mm -hmm. I also like getting to sit a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I'm on my feet a lot. And it's, <laughs> yeah. I think I've deserved the right to sit and yell at people about the terrible things they're doing to the world and others. But hey, yeah, if you put absolutely. your research in, then, yes, you, you do have that right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, everyone's entitled to your opinion, sir. And that goes for everybody that's listening to this. You that's know, right. When you when you when you know the truth, you know it's not just an opinion; it's the truth. Um, so don't be afraid to share that with others. It's uh, it's a that's duty. Most important. It's a duty to share it. I mean, you'll yeah. you'll be well. Just imagine answering for it in the afterlife. What? Why would you? What did you do? You know what I mean? Like, did you you knew this and you didn't tell? Like, even down to yeah. single instances. I, I I just feel there will be moments like so. I feel like. When I, that's why I carry my cards around and I hand them to mm -hmm. people because I'm like, damn, really? Am I just going to leave that person out? Like, just, well, yep, screw that person. They don't need to know. And I, man, that really eats at me. So I'm like, but then I realized too, I, I have to be somewhat, somewhat calm about how I deliver, like, hey, listen to this and just not try to be crazy, total crazy. Yeah. But um, it is kind of uh, becoming a bit of an obsession to like get to that point where I, I'm, my actions, in my life are going to start going outward into reality from the computer. And, and I'm going to start putting up, like, I think my first thing that I'm going to try to do is get like a charity drive of some sort going, um, where I, just somewhere where I can get a few different people to speak and, and one of them can be me and then, and raising money for people in my community somehow, like, I don't feel like that would be mm. something that would be hard to get people to come to, um, and start there and just, you know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. Just to be able to speak the message and get like people to understand like locally, because this is great. And, and so but that's another reason I want people locally to see this so we can because this is about each community, which is why anybody watching this. That's why we're talking about, hey, do something, get out there, talk that's about right. it. You got to educate yourself, but do something so that your own community will be a group of strength when shit really hits the fan because that's coming. Yeah. And there there are a lot of tools at your behest. Like we have the. We have the fear, the, the fucking internet. You go on internet and, and YouTube and watch how to do anything. 
anything. Anything. You, know, you can enrich yourself right now. Yeah, for real, anything. Um, and it's been so, like that for so long. I blew, I wasted that opportunity. It's been like that forever, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know much about the like the crypto and the digital market as much right now, but it's there's you know what you're talking about is finding a way to raise money to have like a public speaking event. It'd be really interesting to kind of put forward a model or a format where there you'd have to have some sort of starter money, so it'd have to be like donation based. But I wonder if there could be like a a freestanding crypto account or something that's growing on its own uh, that could be a a base of resources for individuals like yourself that want to be able to say right now this message needs to be spoken how can i do that and i mean that that sounds kind of socialist i guess but it's really voluntarist it's people saying no this is is the necessary message and i'm willing to pitch in 100 bucks or 20 bucks or however much it is to to make that a reality yep um uh, but we need solutions like that amongst ourselves because you can't rely on your government if 2020 and 2021 taught anybody of that, you know, the it truly the uh, the post apocalypse that we live in, um, you know, where the great revealing has already been, you know, has already happened. You saw yeah. what your neighbors were willing to do when the, the fucking flu was coming, you know. Oh, yeah. You saw what your neighbors were willing to, uh, you know, take from others to get theirs. Um, but in many cases, I saw where people stood up and people, you know, I, I've watched small community businesses cease making money so that they could just give food away to others who didn't have it, you know? And so, yeah, it, it pulled both sides out. This, absolutely. this, this, this was a straight up, it got rid of the gray. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then there's no more time for that. This is like, it says in the Bible again, I'm going to go back to it, but like, you know, there's, there's, there's warm water or hot water and, and cold water and the mm -hmm. lukewarm middle ground just gets spit out because it's worthless. It's like, at least pick a side. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. don't be a lazy sack and ride the middle. You rode the middle your whole life and now it's time to decide. And it's going to be neutrality rough. has its place. Yeah, that's right. But it does. That's right. Now, but now, you know? now it's not now. <laughs> absolutely. So. Yeah. I think, you know, um, if you look at kind of, you have in, uh, in nature, you have entropy and then you have like the ordering principle. You know, so things tend to come together in complex systems and they also, if left, will tend to fall apart, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is really, really key when understanding uh, like natural law and living correctly and what you just said about pick a side, you know, lukewarm or is, is, is filth. Um, because when you're lukewarm, you're just waiting to be affected by the entropy. You're That's just right. waiting to participate in the destruction of all that is grown around you. And it, you're just signing right up, you know? And I think many people think neutrality is a uh, uh, is an advantage, and it can be, um, definitely in conversation and certain times. Uh, however, when it comes to the truth and when it comes to consciousness and your, your neighbor's lives and your lives and your children and the future of humanity, like, there's no room for you know, sugarcoating it. Mm -mm. Um, so no, yeah. the truth is a sword and it, yeah. and it comes to divide, dude. It, well, it, it's, it, it, it's belligerent. The truth is belligerent. Yeah. And it wages war on mind control. And that's the thing people need to realize it wages war on your crazy bullshit belief that this is how things really are. So when you hear someone say something very simple, like a right is any action that doesn't cause harm to another sentient being. Yeah. period that's that's what a right is 
Okay, now you've maybe got some sort of fallacious craziness built up in your head of that. And when you hear that, it makes you all frustrated. No, no, no. Yeah, that's just what the that's just what the truth is. It's a sword. And so, you know, you will get into arguments and you have to. And that's one thing I'm working on is trying to, like, pull back a little bit and not get so crazy and try to because I do. I get all worked up and start yelling (laughs) and it's, you know, it it, it delivers my point. And I can over time calm myself back down and, uh, you know, in some situations, people just kind of don't like that. And I can't help it because it's who I am. So I'm working on that. But um, well, your tongue, your tongue is like a sword as well, mm -hmm. you know, and it can carry the message of truth or it can cause a damage that that you know creates a wound that the truth can't enter that's right um and so it's like there there's a balance between wanting to get the message out and being able to complete the task of describing it verbally to someone else you know in a in a in a nice form that sounds good but if you run the risk of them not understanding it then you know you really just patted yourself on the back Mm -hmm. and so that's that absolutely uh um, i think the idea of temperance is super useful um, cause I, <laughs> I may seem calm, but I'm usually a pretty fiery person. Right. Um, and, uh, when you're in public with me, when I'm speaking to someone else, you know, that's, that's going to happen. Um, yep. but I, I do agree. Sometimes people just, you see them, they shut you off and their eyes kind of glaze over and they've stopped listening. Yeah. They're and... like, where's that comfortable NPR voice that can keep me calm while you tell me all this crazy stuff I don't believe in. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, I had a friend say that to me once. He said he was talking to me about, uh, actually about, about Christianity. And he was, he was kind of yelling at me about Christianity actually. And it was funny because he had, he had, he had found that like six months ago at the time. And, uh, and so, and I, I grew up in the church and so I, I knew what he was talking about. And, um, I said to him, you know, man, you've never even asked me what I think of, about God or what that is, or, you know, you, you've never even brought that up. It's it's obvious you don't care about it. You just want to tell me about what I should believe. And he said, well, okay, well, tell me all about it. I was like, well, that's, I mean, that's a kind of a big thing. Let me, yeah. let me start to tell you what I think. And he said, no, 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 just, just, can you, can you just like say it all in one sentence, like a politician? And I had to like stop him. I was like, dude, if I am ever able to sum up my you know, my entire belief system, like a politician, then maybe I've lost the plot. Yeah. Um, Which ironically, I can sort of do that now. Do no harm, take no shit. Um, But don't steal. Yeah, don't steal. That's Um, the that's the three that really is don't steal. Yeah. Do no harm, take no shit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And and man, because that's what I know, I keep saying natural law, natural law. And unless somebody sat down and really watched, you know, someone like Mark, crush a nine hour presentation on it where you can really go okay wow uh and i've watched that several times and and then to be able to just narrow it down and go it's 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 don't steal really it's just don't steal you know but but don't don't two principles of of non-aggression principle you don't go out and hurt anyone You, you cause no harm to anyone and if somebody does come and poke you in the chest you break their fucking nose and and i i truly believe that's the level in an, in an enlightened society of response, there should be whatever comes at you, you put three times back out and it'll squelch it. So everyone knows, well, if I go poke that guy in the chest, he's going to break my nose. So I won't go poke him in the chest. I mean, it's just, if, if yeah, that level, I mean, if that level of response was normal, no one would mess with anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that comes down to how you raise your kids, you know, yeah. um, it, it shouldn't necessarily 
be necessary that to have that much of a response to stop something like that. You know, people make mistakes all the time. And I think also it's our responsibility as wise people to, you know, not be, you know, part of what holds back a lot of religious thought is dogmatic thinking, you know? And if a 14 year old kid who had a few couple beers decides to break into my house, you know, in the middle of the night, cause he thought it was a good idea, you know, maybe I don't want to execute him. You right. know, maybe I don't want to see that person die because maybe there's a lot because I've made pl plenty of mistakes, you know, uh, in my life that I'm glad that I didn't die making, you know. Right. And so as as wiser individuals or people that understand these principles, you know, that's that's part of of living by natural law is understanding when to go to the extreme and do it at that moment. And then also understand when to have temperance and, and when to be a guide to others. Uh, I think it really it, it comes back to self-defense. Like, do you feel and you you do have the right to not defend yourself. If you want to let someone pummel you, I guess you have that right. I, I don't it's think your it's your body, your choice. That's right. It's not good. That's but right. You definitely. And, and yeah, definitely discernment, especially if you've got like even a, even a big dude, man, and you got him in a chokehold and it's like, all right, you've subdued him, you know, like at a point or maybe you haven't. But whatever you it's it's all it's all. I don't want to ever have to kill anyone, dude. Like that would be the yeah, worst totally. possible thing in life. But dude, if it's me or him, like I'm, I'm worth being here is yeah. how I feel about myself. I, I've been around a lot of people in the self defense and, uh, like a lot of police, honestly, uh, in the industry, um, and in like the firearms industry and the majority of people that are carriers of firearms, uh, especially in the, like the citizen sense, um, don't want to shoot somebody. Mm. You know, now when you go into the military and the police, it's a little bit different um, because there's different motivations there. But when yeah. you have people that carry firearms on their body, generally speaking, nobody wants to do that. And even from the most mercenary sense, you got to go to jail. You're going to have to hire a lawyer. Everything that comes out of you, every bullet you release from your weapon has a lawyer attached to it. And that's going to cost money. You know, you want to buy your kids some good Christmas presents. You don't want to go through that. Um, but at the same time, people don't want to commit acts of destruction under their fellow human being you know but the reason they do is to make sure that it doesn't happen to others you know and um yeah i i try to stay armed as often as possible um and not because it's something that you know i think that they're coming in from this or that or this corner you know it's because that it's about taking full responsibility and when you do that when you carry a gun on you every day uh, you look at the world differently in the sense of like, at any moment, something could happen that could change everybody's life that I can see right now and people mm -hmm. that I can't. I watched a video yesterday of a, a police encounter. Some guy was beating somebody else in a mall and the cops came in and they, they, they got the bad guy. Uh, but the bullet, a bullet that missed, uh, went through a changing room, like 30 feet away. That was just a, a wall to this officer and it killed a 14 year old girl. Oh, and it's like, yeah. And I mean, it like it, it, you almost can't harm, like this is why you have the rules. This is why you be careful. And like he couldn't see this person that just happened. But like you're responsible for every decision you make. And so the majority that, of people that carry that sort of power on them um, are keenly aware of that kind of thing, because that's, you know, that can happen if you're not careful. And, mm. you know, it's a dynamic situation and it's a tragedy for all involved. But uh, yeah. yeah. I think most people understand that, or at least I hope they would. Yeah. And that's another thing too. uh, getting into is, is cops, you know, and, you know, I, in the natural law, um, 
community. There's there it's it's a pretty much uh, blanket statement that the, that the cops are bad, the military is bad, and although I feel that the actions partaking by all of them really, which is following orders without using your morals as a guidestone to whether or not you should do those things is bad indeed. I don't think every person that's in the police or the military has that. I think that if they knew, I think if you sat them down and told them, look what you're doing, they'd go, oh shit. And they'd, they'd get it. Now, would they stay and try to work from the inside? Are there people on the inside that know this and are like, well, I mean, what the fuck? I got to got to have somebody good there because i'll guarantee you i've come across cops that broke like 10 rules didn't arrest me didn't give me a ticket let me get back in a vehicle and drive it when i admitted to having been drinking didn't have a license and the registration was not there and the license plates were from a different car dude lets me get back in and drive it to a parking lot so it won't get towed then he lets me call someone, and if they show up, he won't ticket or arrest me as long as they show up and take me away. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, like this is a state trooper. Yeah. So so there are there are people, dude, that don't follow. I mean, so, I, you know, well, but, there's there's people that I think there's people that will in a moment do what is perceived to be a right. And I think, you know, that you're right in the anarchist community. There's definitely, um, you know, the blanket statement. Fuck them. You know, and I think that it's like if you have a if you have a serial killer and he walks outside and a little girl falls and bonks her head and he picks her up and he's like, oh, my gosh, are you OK? And he like takes care of her. Is 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 that it's still an evil act because he's an evil person, like 100 percent? It's like, well, no, there's an act of good somewhere in there. Um, but at the same time, you know so much of what is done by the fact that those people are occupying that space with a badge and the hat and the car is what keeps the system here. Yep. You know, I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, the, the modern, uh, defund the police movement lacks is like personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's like, we need to defund these police and then just get some other ones in there and get the crazies in, in much for nicer. Yeah, let's get some foreigners in here calling them police and let them take care of us. They'll be real nice. Well, whoever, whoever, as long as we've got some, just not these guys. Well, you know, yeah, and it's, it's, it's Chinese troops, perhaps. Maybe we should bring some Chinese troops in and call them UN peacekeepers. You know, right, they, they've say? already hint, they've already hinted at that in L.A. I, I mean, so it's like. Yeah, that, well, there's yeah, that's that's been that's been on the table for a long time to sure. kind of separate and, America from its taking care of itself or the perception of taking care of itself. And for many, that's one of the, the issues you fight is, you, you know, we fight a war of perceptions, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like you said, if you talk to a comp, I've talked to many, I used to work in the firearms industry and I work at a bar. So they come in and they have their fun times and I have talked to a lot of them and it's amazing how often you can get someone who uh, is a police officer or was in the military, especially, uh, to understand the principles, or many times they already do, of natural law. The real trick is getting them to getting them to realize that maybe walking away from that is a greater good. You know, I heard a, an interesting story from a, it was a special forces guy, and he was talking about how, you know, when he got into the, the role that he was in, it was all about just kill. I want to be a killer. I want to be the best killer possible. And it wasn't in any way principled. It was just like, 
I'm going to be James Bond. Just a killing machine. (laughs) I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be the most ruthless destroyer of anything. And like, yeah, I'll be a video game boss. Right. Was his his concept. And the farther he got into it and the higher he got, the more he uh, uh, came to the realization of like the satanic agenda that was ruling not only the world, but his actions and his orders and stuff. And, you know, his, his immediate reaction was like, I need to leave this. But because of the level of operation he was at and the higher tier he was operating in, some of the things he was doing like in the world were things that if done by someone else, another one of these like listless order followers that the, the me I was six months ago before I realized where I was, I can't as a conscious person leave this, this duty up to them now yeah. because they'll just be tools of this machine. And so for a lot of people, there is a huge, huge complex, uh, you know, thing that's going on inside them, the why they should do this. And I mean, you know, I, I've quit several jobs because they were not, that wasn't something I was willing to do. Um, this is something immoral or something dishonest, or it's like, no, I'm not going to participate in this. I don't want to do it, be a part of it, you know, and for me, you know, it's, I was single at the time. And so, you know, I didn't really have a family to, to lose or to worry about. Um, I do now, but at the same time, you know, if if it comes down to doing right and wrong, your fucking children are going to remember it. When you die, your children are going to remember every single filth moment that you put forward. And they may not remember all the stuff that you did in private, but, you know, your name is, your name is carved on walls somewhere. And you can either choose to to scratch it out or to make it look nice and give something to your children to remember. Um, so it's like, I think, you know, you're doing, you're only doing work against your family if you choose to stay in a position like that, because, you know, you need to just feed someone or you need to keep them alive, or you've got to worry about a pension, um, or a retirement, um, to deal with, uh, because I mean, you can take your 30 pieces of silver all you want. Um, but it's not going to make the world better. It's not going to make your family better. And it sure as hell isn't going to bring goodness into the world, especially not in the manner that you think it is. Right. Um, You know, and it is, it's, it's, we've got to realize our kids, man, like I just do it. Like you said, doing it for the children or, but this, this whole thing, like that we're living in our society right now is so geared towards harming this new generation, this, well, this, this youngest generation with masks and all this craziness and the lockdowns and the staying at home and the isolation, any cult programming, any cult programming starts with isolation it's been there's tons of videos all over the internet and there's tons of books and pamphlets this is hey folks cult programming starts by isolating somebody and then you give them a ritualistic garb that they wear to show they're in the cult and that's the mask and i mean dude this is centuries old so they're programming these kids to be psychologically warped, even if it's like, okay, kids, grab your masks. Let's go to the store and da, da, da. here we are. Oh, isn't this fun? Oh, I know it sucks, but we have to. So let's just do it and let's not worry about it. And then over time, dude, those kids are getting fucked up. And oh, by yeah. the time they're 20 and 30, they're not going to have, because these are ultra formative years. And I know people have to know this, but like, this is, this is damaging. Oh, dude, the whole generation. Oh, absolutely. And oh. you know, that's how we develop, uh, um, a lot of our uh, compassion for others is uh, facial recognition. That's right. We're talking to each other, and I make a super sad face because I'm all bummed out. Your face subconsciously m- mimics that, and uh, yeah, that's exactly how I look. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, your 
your face doing it makes your mind think, oh, this is what I feel like when I'm sad. They must be sad. I can now emote to this feeling. I can feel the same suffering that they're feeling. And that's a, an incredibly powerful guide. And that's like, that's your compassion right there. We must be developing that um, for our children. Uh, and we now put, when you put a mask over that, you lose 80% of all that. And unless you've got super expressive eyes, you know, like I do, that's, uh, that, that's not going to work. And especially for a child. And so you, you have whole generations of children that are going to grow up without the ability to understand the emotions of others and, uh, without being able to connect what they feel is, you know, like really meaningful, like when, like love, you know, like we could describe these words and principles all we want, but when truth hits you, you feel it, you feel it. Yeah. You know, and when you see another person suffering, you feel it. Well, if you put a mask on your face, you're not going to feel it. And we're going to raise a generation of, of psychopaths. Yeah. Um, uh, and I swear to God, in like 10 years, there's going to be a huge baby boom. All these kids are going to take their masks off out of resistance. They're going to be like, you know what? I'm tired of this. And then they're going to see other people's face. And they're going to be like, man, we should go have fun. Yeah, and we should just populate. This, they're going to, oh man, they're just going to be free because it's going to be like a first date every single time because Dude. they've been avoiding all emotion and all like interpersonal growth with, with other children, other human beings for decades yeah. you know, or for their entire life. Yep. Um, it's funny you bring that up because that, that was going to be my like my my lighter sided version of the mask. It's like, look, I was a single dude when this when this came out and like I don't go out into the bars anyway or do any of that. But like when you go to the store and stuff, you want to see, especially if you're in a college town, you want to see the, the women, dude. Like and it's like you walk in and they're all covered up. It's like, oh, well, this just ruins any aspect of fun being out. I don't want to go to the store to see everybody covered up in a mask. So yeah, once those kids take that off, oh my God, dude, she's actually, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that oh, yeah. interaction will be, yeah, oh. they're gonna light a fire. It's yeah. gonna be strong. That's, that's uh, right. I, I, you know, and the, I would say there is one slight advantage of wearing a mask is you get to say ridiculous pe things to people in public and they <laughs> literally have no clue who you are. You can, it's amazing. <laughs> you can say uh, complete absurdities uh, and uh, get away with it. And that's always kind of fun. But I think you should be doing that without a mask. Right. Um, Maybe that's a springboard to being more bold. Yeah, uh, my my buddy, uh, when this first came up, he said, uh, he's like, I'm going to make a T-shirt. This is right when they first started being like, no, you're not getting in without a mask. He's like, fuck them. I'm going to make a T-shirt that says, if I have to wear a mask to come into your store, I'm not paying for anything. Hmm. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you that, know, that, that was that was one of the things I thought was most nefarious about how they put things into place right. was that they left it up to businesses. And at least in Texas, the way the mandates worked was that they left it up to businesses to enforce. Mm -hmm. And so for many Americans, I mean, shoot, if, if you're a small business and the owner says, would you please wear a mask to be in my store? I, I, I don't want my business to be crushed by the weight of the government, you know, and you're trying to help them. I'm like, okay, well, there's a reasonable thing. The owner of this property is asking me to accommodate them because I don't know if they're sick or what, whatever. Like in outside of this disease, they're asking you to wear shoes in your restaurant. I, I can understand that argument. Yeah. But what what's happening is people are doing this with the fear of retribution of the government, but they're being enforced by their neighbors, which are these business owners and stuff. And so now the finger is pointed. You you can see plenty of videos. I, I've, I've seen plenty of videos online of some patron yelling at some restaurant about, I'm not going to do this here and screaming at these people in this establishment. And it's like, you know, maybe you should go to a federal building to do that. 
you know maybe you should go to a state house to do that or maybe you should like i don't know there's a lot better solutions than yelling at your neighbor for it yeah that's one of the most nefarious things is they're always going to try to divide and conquer and that's one of the um the sickest ways they've done it in the last couple years is causing people to kind of reject their neighbors and and fight against each other instead of saying you know i'm pretty sure it's them that's making us put all these masks on not my business or your business or or what yep and and that brings us back to the whole idea of of anarchy which which dude they're telling you to do this you've you've elected people who are by the way just people okay now they're you could you could uh, make the argument that some of them are straight up demons but you've elected people to boss you around because they know better than you they have more rights than you they're more powerful than you they're closer to god than you what the hell is wrong with you none of that's real this yeah. is you are responsible for yourself you're not responsible for what that guy is doing. If you feel like you're going to get sick, stay at home. Educate yourself on what sickness is and where it comes from and take measures to prevent it. That's, you know, you're responsible for yourself, not anyone else. And, and now we're at a point where they're making us. Dude, okay. Pilots are landing early to kick families off of airplanes because two-year-olds won't wear masks. It's like, dude, we've lost our fucking minds. This yeah. is not normal. We have to get away from government. More government is only going to lead to people on trains going to camps. Yeah. No, and, and that's, you know, we we tend to point the finger at the government a lot, and I know that's that's important, but it's people. It's your it's neighbors us. that are going to shove them into the box. You know, it's us. A, it's, yeah. a woman at the grocery store the other day, and she's outside with her, it's got to be like four or five-year-old, and she is taking her little mask off to give her this inhaler that she's taking. And the conversation is basically the daughter doesn't want the silly inhaler, but she has to because she's developed asthma during the time of having the mask on. The mask developed this. Well, now the doctor may, because we have to wear these masks. So this is what the doctor says we need to do. And this little girl is just like, I just, I just want to go play. You know, and and her mother is just like unstrapping her face shield to shove a, a, a fucking chemical down her throat and breathe, breathe deep, please. Okay, strap it back on so we can go shop and make good of our life. If they're willing to do that to their own children, yeah. they're going to do it to you. And they're going to look at the suffering of their children and say that was justified. And when your kids try out, they say, well, they deserved it too. You know, so I, I think we should be realistic about you know where we are when it comes to our neighbors in this and that's why you know anarchy is so important anarchy and voluntarism is so important in being self-sufficient and taking care of yourself and taking yourself outside of these systems of control because not just because you know they're evil and that sucks but you deserve the it's your birthright to be self-responsible and it's your birthright to to be able to take care of yourself and have a community that cares about you you know and i think living under a government system has taken a lot of that that perception away from us um and it's important for us to kind of to bring that to light again yeah yeah uh, um i want to kind of go circle back to something you said a, a while ago in our discussion but it's pertinent now and that's um <clears throat> love love your neighbor as yourself and um my sponsor actually had a very interesting take on this which i thought was very cool because uh and by the way if if you're watching right now pete thank you for helping me get sober my friend um, but he, his contention was what that meant was love, love your neighbor as yourself. 
was the and and he he was uh not the most spiritually minded person hasn't read a lot of this stuff so for him to have this this was just so cool i just would listen to him say it and i was like right on dude and so he would even talk with the 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 pastor of our church about it and and get arguments from him but that that meant love your neighbor as your truest self what you truly are not not love your neighbor like your neighbor is you but love your neighbor like your truest self and i was like that's just so fucking Mm. next level for almost everything else he said was very down into the religious zone but that one thing stuck out and i was like dude that's so cool and i love that because that's really you know and and the reason i'm bringing that up is because like what you're saying like these people that just will tell you and that they will vote for people to come tell you how to be then then and they even feel absconded then i don't have to do it they'll do it the guys with the guns will go do it and it's the externalization of power. Yep. And I think, you know, that that's such a powerful statement. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, you know, one thing that is forgotten, <clears throat> excuse me, often is the subject of that sentence is thyself. It's not their neighbor. You, you, yeah, they're involved. But it starts first with yourself and understanding that y- you're important and you should take care of yourself. And that, of course, means like being healthy and all that good stuff. But it also means, you know, taking personal responsibility and not participating with evil and not saying, well, you know, that'll be good enough. I'll, I'll vote and let someone else manage that solution. You know, and sure, there's plenty of stuff that we can't do out there in the world that you don't have, but that's irrelevant. There's yeah. plenty of things that you can do in your life that you absolutely know you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely know you should be doing. And, you know, it's like everybody's got the two movies playing in their head. They've got the action film, that's them as the star, and then they have the documentary that's narrated by David Attenborough and, <laughs> and, and everybody knows like they want to turn down cause the action hero side is really exciting, you know, and sometimes you're going to save the day and man, I was super cool. You know, no one comes home to their spouse and well, I say no one, but generally speaking, if you had a good day, you don't come home to your spouse and give the documentary version, you know, you give the yeah. superhero version, man, it was awesome. And I kicked that and all this stuff. And when you have a bad day, you give the documentary version. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it's like, we need to be listening to that, a lot more and you know are using that as a mirror to reflect and say are we doing what's right and you know once we get to a point when we are truly understanding what what that means to love the self you know what that means to and that's like the higher self it, mm-hmm. your, your body's a temple and like there's there's a piece of god inside you and that's like something that should be really really respected yes, you know right. and that's the idea of self-respect you know don't don't give an inch when it comes to your worth um, because it's infinite, and I think that's one of the things that's lost in a lot of the modern uh, pseudo philosophy. Is like you know, we're all equals, and, and everybody's equal. And I think I think people don't even understand what that means. I think yeah. they think you know we all just we all started off with the same bill, and now we got to pay it. You know, I think what that means is every being, every conscious being, is capable of infinite infinite value. Being Christ, and perhaps, perhaps being perhaps, Christ. Who could say? You know, maybe Christ. Um, I mean, that's that's to me what the whole message was: was that, hey, guess what? You're to be me, and I'm yeah. the only way out of here. I'm the yeah. only way out, and that's what the Christians they lean on that, and they go, well, see, he said that, and I believe that, and so I'm going to go worship him. No, no, no. Yeah. Go well, he didn't be say, him. He said he didn't say I will return. He said the Christ will return. 
And so that's... you're gonna have you're gonna have to bring it along with you, buddy. You're gonna have to pick up your cross, and you're going to have to crucify yourself on uh, uh, right there in front of everybody. And it's you're gonna have to bleed a bit and suffer um, because the, it's not like you were born doing things perfect. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's really really important, you know. And so I think if we're gonna, you know, it's one thing to tell people about some sort of, you know political truth you've heard or some sort of historical truth or something that can really change their mind like wow you know the i didn't see authority or government or religion in that way yeah. um but it's another thing to to really hit at the heart of them um and i think a lot of times a lot of the stuff can be academic you know like mm -hmm. oh did you know the fed was produced in this time and like that's crazy and you oh, did you know that world war ii was actually like contrived by forces you didn't hear about on the news yeah and um you know, in reality, the the real thing that inspires people is action in your life, is when you're going out there doing things um, and being a better person, people want to say, like, how the hell do you do this? Yeah. How do you stay chipper in this world of filth? And it's like, well, let me let me let me tell you all about it. Yeah. Um, and it may be hard and it may suck, but you know what? The world sucks and the world is hard and painful and life is full of suffering. Anybody who tells you otherwise is selling something. And so you can either choose to take upon the suffering of being a, a, a warrior for truth, of someone who stands with the banner of, of love and truth in their hand and fights for it and chooses your own suffering, or be at the behest of evil people in the world that, would, that don't really care about your well-being, because you're going to suffer one way or another. But at yep. least in this way, you can bring goodness to the world. And you can bring be a better person in the truest sense of the world, and you can inspire other people to do that. And I think yeah. that's kind of what's most necessary. I want to digress for a real quick moment back to the self and how it pertains to AA, because I went through that program. And, and like I said, I've said this before, AA is kind of like the kindergarten of spirituality. And I don't mean that in a, <laughs> pejor I, I don't mean that in a pejorative way at all. I just mean no, I was, that, it, I was enjoying that. that that it's a very necessary step, I think. And I think, I, I, again, I don't wish the pain of that on anyone, but it's so helpful to just give up and go, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And when you can actually internally do that, you can get better. And you realize that you're just a selfish sack of shit. That's what, that's why you're at the doorstep of somebody who's teaching you about AA. Ultimately yeah. that, and, and then, but so there's that part of the dichotomy and then there's no, you're, you're, you're a being of God and you're totally worth every aspect of, of getting yourself out of that. So AA just doesn't really ever come back out of the whole idea that admonish self, get rid of self and, and only live for others. And that's, yep. Yep. But then once you step out of kindergarten, you realize, oh damn, I don't know anything about myself. And, and it's why I feel most people sit in those groups in AA and go, oh, if I didn't have these groups, I wouldn't make it. And it's because they're still in kindergarten. They haven't stepped yeah. out of that and gone, okay, now how do I find out how to fix me? Because AA shows you that the alcohol wasn't the problem. You're the problem. And you fix you. And dude, that, yeah. that book just doesn't help you with all that. You that. It points that out. And then you have to find your own path of self-discovery. And, and truly, it is about the self. So you give up the selfish idea, the, the ego-driven selfishness, and you, you connect with the love-driven selfishness, which is making yourself better so that you're worth a damn to help others. And that's, that's just how that works. So you then you give up the focus on self to then refocus on self in the proper way. 
I just wanted yeah. to get that out there because I've, I've talked about AA a few times and I've never really been able to state that appropriately. And I just, it came up now. So, uh, no, that's, I, yeah. you know, I think, uh, for many, um, AA is the new addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's an old saying that if you meet the Buddha on the path to enlightenment, kill him. Um, and the idea that many people will find a, a, a very humbling truth <clears throat> that's going to do amazing things in their life. You know, like, uh, like I'm a piece of shit. Maybe I should get my life together. I've yeah. seen, uh, I've, I've seen incredible transformations on people just for, for self-realization of that, of the simplest things, be it weight loss or drugs or, or education or like anything people can do amazing things however that f it feels great to lose 200 pounds i i mean i've always been skinny so i don't know but i would assume it feels great to mm -hmm. to uh, learn six languages you know after you've devoted you know months of time to it you know uh, it, it feels excellent to enrich yourself but that's that's not the mountaintop right and for many people they're like oh finally i have a safe place to be a success you know and i think it sucks because a lot of times that does happen where people will rather just stay in the meeting because mm -hmm. yeah and, and they say that well i would just go back and it's like because that's the that's your new addiction you haven't that's replaced the comfort addiction. blanket yeah absolutely you've only replaced addiction you haven't realized that that's something that you need to manage and deal yep. with you've just chosen another drug um and self-gratification and honesty is an incredible drug being yeah. open with others is is an incredibly um, enriching experience, you know, Absolutely. I mean? and so that, that holds a lot of sway over people. Um, but like you said, it's about, that's the first step is realizing, you know, I was wrong. I was, I was wrong. wrong. And, and dude, and that's so funny. There's another perfect truth that came from my mentor or, or from, uh, from Pete, my, my, <clears throat> my, um, sponsor. And, uh, he said the, 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 you have to use the words. I was wrong. And he looked at me in the eyes and I mean, it was, and I'm like, man, and then to hear Mark, how he presented that. And I was just like, whoa, like I'm getting, that was some real, that was some real shit, which is how I know that program worked. And I don't even yeah. think Pete, my sponsor knows exactly how deep the certain parts, and I'm sure he does. Cause he's been doing it a long time, but just how impactful certain statements are. And I was wrong is the most important thing everybody has to say, because you are about yeah. most things. And when you can accept it and own it and you just own, damn, I was wrong. It's okay though. Cause everybody was. And so now I can get better. That's how you get, that's how you do it. Absolutely. And I think that's a, like, that's a really um, important thing to be able to present to people. Um, I think one of the uh, things that, brings people back a lot of times is like religious nomenclature. They're not willing to say, you know, um, love thy neighbor as thyself, but they are willing to say, you know, uh, don't harm others and, and do right to others. Um, but uh, that's the most important thing is, is realizing that first is, is I was wrong. And if you can do that and do it honestly, then you have so much more than the majority of people that are unwilling to do so, you know, People's I, I, whole I, lives will come crashing down if they build it on anything else but that. Oh, that's what I was going to say was sin, you know. Uh, and I was talking about kind of what holds back a lot of people with like religious nomenclature. Um, right. The idea of sin is to miss the mark. It's to be incorrect. It's right. not like like sin is this list and God was like, here's the naughty ones. You know, it's you, you, you fucked up. 
you cocked it all up and maybe you should be honest with yourself, reassess that so you can do right in the world. You know, and I think if we go around saying to others, look at you filthy sinners, well, then you're kind of lose the message. But if you're able to say, look how incorrect you all were. And I mean, we, I, again, we live in the world of YouTube. You can pull up, you know, I think that's why pol politicians are on the run right now. It's because you can literally hold up your phone and say, well, did you say this five minutes ago? Because you did. Here's a video, you know, and yep. so you can be right. You can be right. But that the first step is realizing that you're not. Yep. Um, and so I would I would highly recommend self-honesty. <laughs> yeah. And humility, dude, humility. Yes. And that's a key to, uh, you know, in the fifth step is 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 releasing all of the bad things. All your secrets come out, man. And, mm. and it's such a freeing thing to not have a secret. And even if it's only to one person, one person knows all the shit. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and it's so dude, it's so freeing. And I'm talking literally feeling weight. I, like a demon left or something, dude. It's just like, yeah. oh, my God, I swear. Yeah. It's like you feel like you get lifted up in your chair a little bit. You're like, dude, I I mean, that must be where that expression comes from, because I literally felt shit leave off of me. Like, oh, yeah. oh, wow. A couple of different yeah, times in it, that whole process. You can feel it on your chest like it it uncompresses and, and you can actually feel yourself breathing better. It's, oh, dude, it's uh, the weirdest, craziest, coolest shit, dude. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to go ahead and shift us to our second segment, which I've now added to the show, which is music. And um, the concept here is that uh, you get to be in charge of the stereo for at least one song. <laughs> and I know that that is something that everybody loves to get to do, no matter where you're at, if you're in the car or wherever. It's like, dude, I want to run the stereo at least once, you know? So yeah, I've decided that my song. guests will get a chance to do that. And um, you've selected a song. Well, you've sent me a few. And so, yeah, I, I sent you a few. Um, you know, we had spoken uh, on a previous occasion about metal, and I am mm. definitely a, a fan of, uh, of metal. I think it is uh, not only one of the best genres, it's advanced classical. Uh, for all you naysayers out there, uh, it's the next level classical. If you really want to really get in the music, you're you're not appreciating things until you appreciate metal. That's right. Um, and but I think it's one of the most powerful truth-telling tools. Um, one of the reasons because I mean, there's it's it's powerful. The 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 feeling of the music is powerful and it gets you fired up. It but does. At the same time, um, I've noticed that many metal uh, bands will either inject a pro-freedom message, um, either to be you know, more popular for whatever normal reasons. But there's also a lot of when you have a lot of screaming, generally speaking, they're pretty easy with what your lyrics are. You yeah, know? it's not like death metal bands. I, at least I'm, I'm not in the industry, so I don't know. But I'm pretty sure the majority of death metal bands don't have a producer coming out and saying, hey, what do you guys think about doing a radio version? Yeah. What do you guys think about doing something like this? You know, yeah, you don't right? pitch it to the people with that the are disco artists beat in the middle this. where it's like, yeah, they're, they're artists in their field. And so generally they get kind of carte blanche on their creative process. And I've noticed that many bands will go, especially with like thrash or metal or death metal, they'll go through this process where they'll have like their first two or three albums be kind of benign, general metal stuff, you know, rocking out fast cars and violence or something grotesque. But about album three, they start talking about principles of truth, about the suffering of humankind, about subjugation, subjugation of mankind, um, about waking up, about being free, about fighting back. And like these messages are, are incredibly potent and powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes they got good videos with them. Um, but 
it's it, seriously like what I was saying is you can tell somebody something and the second you give them a piece that they don't like, they'll throw it all away. Well, yeah. a really good way to avoid all that is showing uh, showing them a bitchin' song. Yep. Rock out with them and they will love it. And they'll be like, did you see the lyrics? These are awesome lyrics. You should check them out. Yep. And uh, upon doing so, they might feel differently about some of the truth that you spoke to them when there wasn't anything playing and they had their guard up and, you know, when you're jamming out, when the music hits you, you feel no pain. Um, yep. And that could be a powerful tool for the communication of truth. So we're going to listen to the song Fear Campaign by Havoc. And this is pretty much bad to the bone.
So that's awesome. Um, that's a great, yeah. great song. Uh, and you know, that's cool. See, and that's why I wanted to do this too, because I never, I've, I don't know who these guys are. And so now I do. And uh, it's definitely, definitely liberty minded metal. And so, Absolutely. yeah, now um, I've got one, but uh, yeah, just, uh, this is uh, Stratosphere. They're a band. I've actually seen them a few times. They're really awesome. Um, they are beyond next level, 1% jazz musicians that Nice. I was talking to the drummer and I was like, so how did you guys get together? And he's like, well, they found me and the drummer is I, he's possibly like the the mechanism that holds it together, or at least this drummer, uh, Dave Murray. And uh, he's like, I told him I'd do anything they wanted as long as we could do some death metal. And it's just and he's so sick when he does death metal. And dude, he's, he plays like a jazz drummer, dude. So he's like he's barely moving. And it's just like. I mean, he's just running circles around Slayer speed. Just oh, it's always impressive to see the little the the uh, the casual coffee drinker co uh, drummer who's just kind of like and just going a million. Yeah, and there's so. that little part you thought was so amazing on the album, but that's really just a flick of the wrist for me. And just keep it, going, and it's, uh, it's yeah, because when you envision impressive. him doing it, he's all into it, and you've seen him do it in life. He's just like, and you're like, whoa, that yeah. was different. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. Here's a here's a stratosphere with silent elk of yesterday. And now these guys do all sorts of different styles of music, everything that there is. But this is when they decide to do uh, death metal. This is it. So.
Revelations, we learn that the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Oh, we are healing our forests, our parks, and our lands, and it's a beautiful country, and I want more and more of the American people to enjoy settings like we're in right here today. Isn't it? I just... uh, yeah. Bad to the bone, dude. Oh, I love that so much. The fucking guys are like so that. cool. I like that line of victory is a cluttered home when it kills you to step outside. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's where I, I think that's where a lot of people are today uh, is that place is they think they have succeeded, um, but they are completely unwilling to change. You know, yep. and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier is when you present people with something new, uh, they will either be more interested or a little shut back down yep um, well yeah, hey michael that's a good song thank you for uh doing this with me man i uh i i i two things man that uh one i i appreciate you coming here because you are a fantastic discussion uh partner man we can well, we thanks. could do we we could do this and we shall several more times but i hope this good, also helps you get going yourself and get some stuff going and and maybe have me on your show and uh, absolutely uh, and and yeah, this is good stuff, dude. I enjoyed talking with you. I enjoyed your music. Uh, this is fun. I'm glad to get to know you. I'm glad to get to share your, who you are with the people that know about me. And uh, we'll grow this community together, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, look to have some videos out here in the next month. I just put a, a website out, slavetonone.com. We'll be working on the Slave to None cast. Slave to none.com. Cool. Slaves, slaves to none. This is slaves, for everybody, plural. not just me. Plural. Remember, remember, on the path to human freedom, leave no throne unburnt it's it's an important thing that we do uh and i want to continue that work on my own so yeah uh but what i said earlier was true about your 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 fucking kids are going to remember what you did and uh, I'll, I'll i think it was thomas Paine that said uh if there be war let it be in my day so that my sons may know peace and that's that's something that's an attitude i think we need to all take um, even if we don't have kids, you know what I mean? Because you do, they're your neighbor's children and you you create the hell or the heaven that they're gonna have to live in and deal with, you know, on this earth. Yeah. You know, you, you create- I mean, they're, they're your neighbor's and, kids, but they're the generation that's gonna be t put changing your diapers when it gets to that point. I, oh, yeah. I want them to be nice people. I don't want them to be like, goddamn old people, come here. Well, like, oh, think, about, think about the, 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 the caregivers that are gonna come out of the masked children. No, and that's my point. I, I'm terrifying fied. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to have to die off and by myself. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's not so bad, you know? At least you get no, a, I mean, I mean, a nice I guess waterfall it, well, to find and something hey, to look at. It. I, I associate with you. cats more than anything in the world, and cats go hide when they die. They, they yeah. on purpose, remove themselves and go, peace. And that's the last you'll see of them, and then they just don't come home, mostly. Yeah. If you do find them, they're hidden and they're solid. And you're like, yeah, oh, shit, yeah. kitty died. <laughs> I better leave you alone, yeah. Yeah, but yes, that's funny. You asked that. You were like, oh, that's a cat you're holding up. And no, that was a baby tiger. I know it probably looks like a cat when you see it. <laughs> no, it I doesn't. I would generally just be like, look, a kitty. But it's no, a two-month-old baby tiger. And that's just the cool dude. So when I was three, I used to ride my big wheels to go feed my baby tigers, dude. And I remember seeing them. I remember seeing baby tigers, dude, as a little tiny kid. And my mom, everybody would laugh. And it was as far as I could go on my big wheels by myself. And she was like, you know, like almost not worried about letting me do it. But, you know, it was just around the corner was why. And it was yeah. to the bush. And she's like, what do you do when you go over there? I was like, I feed my baby tigers. And I would tell her all about it. And I would talk about it like it's very real. And like, she was just like, oh, that's so crazy. Like, she was like, as I got older, she'd tell me, 
you really would tell me about the baby tigers. I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, they were real. I saw them. And then I got to, I knew later that they weren't real, but like, but I do remember seeing them. But you don't have an explanation for the memory you still possess. And so (laughs) when I'm like 20, however old I was in that picture, six, I go to a swag stock event because I'm a glass blower now and I'm selling pipes at this, at this Grateful Mm -hmm. Dead cover band hippie event, right? Big, huge swag stock fucking place. I'm selling the shit out of glass. And, and, uh, they have gotten so big now that it's an attraction in Missouri, dude. Shit comes there. It's a big festival. Some dude with big cats comes. A guy that goes around the country protecting big cats had two of Mike Tyson's tigers that he got, mm. and then they got big, and he's like, oh, I can't do it, and they took him. So he had this black uh, black cheetah, black leopard, sorry, which is basically a panther. There is no such thing as a panther, by the way. Yeah, you, it just that's just that's the just terminology generic, for yeah. in South America. So most of yeah. them are, are black... Um, uh leopards so anyway black mm-hmm. leopard so cool but baby tigers too dude baby tigers so like i now come full circle and i'm like oh my god i actually get to handle a, a real baby tiger like <laughs> i had to do that dude i was like baby yeah. tigers yay dude it was so cool i figured i thought and that, that let me know i was on the right path in life that's that's how i knew because i graduated college and then i was like my everybody's like i had a degree in microbiology it's like what are you gonna go do mm-hmm. i was like be a glass blower make pipes and sell them right. at hippie shows and they're like and my mom and my dad were both super like super fun. Super my, my, fun. My mom and my dad were like, "I've got your back." Everyone That's else cool. was like, "You're you're out of the will," you know. And I was like, "Whatever." And they, yeah. Guess my grandpa getting a cool pipe for Christmas. What what up, you know? And and my mom's whole thing was, "Can you make money with it?" I said, "Watch." And I made my very first case of pipes that I made, dude. I was actually decent at blowing glass. I made some, and I took him to a head shop, and I came home with a stack of cash. And she's like, "Word." That's all nice. I care about is nice. you making money now that you've graduated. She's yeah, like, absolutely. I don't, I don't really appreciate that it's weed pipes, but it is what it is. You can and use it for made, tobacco. And I made the sex store toys. Sells them as tobacco dude. pipes. Right. I made <laughs> sex toys. I made most a lot of money for a good stretch on making dildos, dude. Yeah. Taking yeah. a rod, putting a little bend on it, putting some dots on it, and stomping the end down. I fume some some gold on it. If you actually fume gold metal onto glass, it it turns pink. I mean, dude, a pink dildo. I walked into many rooms with lots of girls, lots of chicks hanging out. And they're like, oh, glass blower," Because they see the gun case. They know I'm a glass blower. What do you got? I'd be like, oh, sex toys. Oh, God. Blah, blah, blah. And then the minute you open it, they're like, oh, my God, they're pink. And then it's like you I smell all of them. I want that one. Yep. All, yep. They have, and what's best it's all about is marketing. your boyfriend is sitting marketing. there. And they, they look at him and go, buy that. Buy that now. <laughs> dude, you know how many times I've been sitting there? And the boyfriend, who wasn't even interested with, with what was in my case, has to now buy what's in my case because the girl says to. That was kind of nice, you know? <laughs> uh, it's good. And, See, it's about marketing. It's about yeah. it's And, about and all the, the free tickets I got, dude. I lived at Red Rocks, dude. I was in Red Rocks, Colorado, selling oh, glass. Nice. Like, I got to see so many shows for free. I got gifted tickets. And I was like, this is how you're supposed to live life. Like, you graduate college, oh, totally. and then you go live. Like, like, it was unbelievable. I had no idea. Like, Well, it's, it's really cool. A lot of people don't experience that level of community. Like you can just go be yourself somewhere and that's profitable. Yeah. That's, that's, that's profitable. easy to do. And yeah, it's uh, the craziest most people thing. think you have to participate in some sort of system and get a degree and then go to these places. And then at that point you can start building a community or participate. And since that's a corporate system, so far of what it means to be real building a community means, well, I guess I just should vote then and send my kids to school then. And I guess I should participate in these systems because that's how I'll we'll get ahead. 
Yep, that's how I'll get ahead, and that's what the method for success is. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. You had parents that, that that were appreciative of your your talents, you know, because yep. because both of them were both of them were in a band, and both of their oh, parents nice. didn't didn't fucking support them, and they were both dude. My mom and my dad were in a band. I was in the in the womb on stage for all nine months of my life, dude, like nice. on this within a woman who was on top of fucking gorgeous, dude, a singer songwriter, the singer songwriter of the band that was offered to open for Chicago in 1975. Like nice. they were offered half of Chicago's gig touring to open for them. Like that's, that's the band I was in like the, a nice. really fucking good band. Huh. And my mom band. was like, Nope, I'm having truly a baby in that band. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like music was like <laughs> and, and at that eight at that division of eight cells where it's the egg of life, where 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 music is kind of like infused into. I mean, I'm like in music while it's happening. So oh, I, yeah. that's why I've, I felt like I'm not being true to myself. I tell people, be true to yourself and always live a life devoted to truth. Well, if I don't have music in every show I do, then I'm not really being true to myself because I kept being oh, yeah. like, man, man, I really want to do more music. And so I just do it. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually why I put these guitars up. I, I had stopped playing like 20 years ago. Um, I was in a band and drugs had destroyed a couple of our members' lives and they like breaking into our house, stealing shit. Band broke up. It was this really, I, I stopped wanting to play music. I started to get into like firearms and like self-defense and I ended up selling my bass rig and buying a, a rifle and training and kind of turning it into that focus sure. and when my son uh was born like i um well i mean that's that was a while back but he's really started to get into music i mean we, he we subjected him to great music since since the womb as well um <laughs> good. and uh i've noticed he likes to sing and he likes to perform and he's good he's a, he's a definitely my kid that's and cool. uh and so i was that's like cool. you know i started to think well shoot okay i I started to need to teach him stuff. And then I, I started to pick up my guitar and play it. And I was having some, some, some success. And I don't know if you ever heard of a, his name's, uh, um, shoot. Now I can't think of his name. Uh, he's a guitarist from the eighties that, uh, got ALS. Um, and he, Jason Becker is his name. Hmm. And he was going to be, he helped, uh, Van Halen or not Van Halen, Van Hagar, um, uh, record their first album. Um, and he was like the lead on it. Uh, and he had his own, like his own album by, by the time he was like 19 on his way to record that Van Halen album, he had to go to the doctors and they diagnosed him with ALS. By the time he was like 25, I think he was completely immobile in a chair. He's a virtuoso guitar player. He wrote like three albums in the chair, like oh, with wow. his eyes. Yeah. He's, he's a, a truly like, uh, like a Beethoven, you know oh, what I mean? Like he, well, he yeah. understands music in the, the, I would highly recommend, um, it's called a um, Jason Becker Altitudes, I believe, is the album. Okay. Um, but yeah, Jason Becker, he has one solo album that he did before he started to kind of like shut down. Um, and I mean, it's it's excellent. It's wonderful music. And I was listening to this, and I'm like, I'm like crying listening to this guy play. It's it's gorgeous. And I realized it's like if this guy can fucking make moving music from a chair, yeah. what right do I have? If I if I can play this guitar, and I'm t we're talking about like truth you know and it's like all of these things are really really important you know our children are going to need songs to sing to go into battle they're going to need things to remember their true history of mankind and it's like i got all these fucking guitars here and i'm even playing around and like i don't know it was a 
it, it hit me really hard. It's like, you have a responsibility to do these things. You have a responsibility to speak to others. You have a responsibility to take care of yourself and you have a responsibility to pursue music, which is one of the earth's most powerful tools for communicating anything and especially truth. Um, so it was kind of like, all right, I better get, I, I bought this bass from a pawn shop. Uh, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna start playing around and I stuck them up on the wall and it's kind of like a permanent reminder for me to like go play. They look pretty. So I'm going to, oh, I like that one. And actually my son, um, for Christmas, he bought me, uh, this, it's a, uh, it's these handmade wooden guitar picks. They're made oh, for nice. playing, uh, electric guitar and bass and they feel incredible in the hand. And he spent like hours picking these out, like online searching for these. And he's like, dad, here's yours. So it's like, uh, again, so cool. I, I possess a sacred gift b born in, in love. Yeah. so that I could take this as a weapon and use it to bring truth to people that, that have ears to hear, you know? And it's like, how, how dare I slap that gift out of the hand of a child or the universe or God? I just saying, yeah, you know, I'm lazy. I won't fucking practice, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I like, he doesn't deserve that. You don't deserve that. And I don't deserve that. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's my duty to go fucking rock out. It's my yeah. duty to jam out and write music that, that fires people up and have conversations like this. And it's like, yeah. fuck yeah.